to another episode of Awkwardly Cool on New Year's Eve. Glad you could join us today. And it's been a while since the last podcast. It shouldn't take until New Year's Eve to do another one. But we're back here again. So since we're back here, let's get here. And wanted to get in on some NBA talk and talk about the Nets who have won 10 in a row. The Nets have been a team much maligned for justifiable reasons. Look at what happened this past offseason with Kevin Durant across the trade. You see the issues that occurred with by Kyrie Kyrie Irving's own self-doing with posting a link to a video with anti-Semitic sentiment. And they've just made things incredibly hard for themselves. Don't Also, don't even forget the fact that at one point, they were also interested <laughs> that they ended up firing their coach, Steve Nash, for replacing him with Jacques Vaughn. But before that occurred, there was another controversy because apparently there were reports that they were initially interested in hiring Emei Doka. So all those issues and their issues with injuries the past few years, if it's not one thing, it's another with their team, with this team, but at this point, they're playing really well. As I said before, they've won 10 in a row. They are currently 5th on offense and ninth in defense for cleaning the glass, and if you read my article, I look really cool. If they could get out of their own way, this is a quality team. Sean Marks has put, has was able to create a quality roster. Of course, you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, everyone knows about that, but don't forget, last year like Joe Harris was, was injured and wasn't playing as often. They now have additional players like TJ Warren, who's been a valuable player. And if you remember TJ Warren during the bubble, he was one that went off and seemed like he couldn't be stopped. He was basically the MJ, the bubble MJ. Again, I'm only exaggerating slightly, <laughs> slightly when saying that. Nicholas Claxton has been really, really good defensively and offensive, offensively. That little hook shot he, he, he's added to his repertoire has been consistent and it just seems like he doesn't have the ability to actually miss that shot. Seth Curry is back, also back from injury and of course he's always going to be, be able to shoot. Utah Watanabe has been one of the NBA's top three-point shooters from the corner and has been really good. It, it's a good team. It's a, it's a deep team and oh, I haven't even mentioned Ben Simmons who played really well as well. He's in a role where he's not asked to do too much. He's not relied upon offensively. He's in a space where he can fly under the radar, focus on playmaking, playing good defense, and allowing the best players, Kyrie, KD, to do their work while he is more so in the background. I think it's the perfect role for him. I do have some concerns once the playoffs arrive, especially with him being such a liability, but as I said, with this team being deep enough, if they have to bench him because of his offensive limitation, they do have options. Another option being a voice to a nil who's played really well for them, and apologies for not mentioning him before. The team's really good, and the primary, outside of all those reasons, with the depth, the 
not getting in their own way and overcoming the issues. Jock Vaughn has been doing and doing a a good job coming into to his role, replacing Steve Nash. Players seem to respond better to him than they did to Steve Nash, at least as far as how it's looking this so far. KD is playing at an MVP level. He's averaged over, 20, over 29 points per game with six, a 61% effective field goal percentage. KD is playing really well, and it's one of those things that just really cool to see because you weren't when he had when he suffered that Achilles injury in 2019 in the finals you weren't sure how his career would play out from here how how good was he realistically going to be at this point in his career and at this age at this point he is an older player who has a lot of mileage on him a great player but he is older at this point and isn't the same and isn't able to do the same things that he was once able to do but at 34 years old he's a, just another player able to push past or delay father the effects of father time and is playing really well he's in the MVP conversation and while the schedule hasn't been incredibly strong in these past 10 games that they've won I mean wins over the Pacers who are a good team the Bucks Golden State Warriors yes without Steph Curry but that same Warriors team but also even beat Celtic and the Cavaliers it's a team they they are a team that you can't underestimate. Now, as far as how realistic they are, how realistic their chances are at actually winning the East remains to be seen because injuries can come back. I still I still worry about this team mainly due to injuries, whether it's with KD, whether it's with Kyrie, and the competition at the top of the East is incredibly tough. The Celtics are currently the top seed and should be the favorite. They made the finals last year and they've had some hiccups in a few games against the Warriors as I mentioned before back-to-back losses against the Orlando Magic however they are still a good team and they look like they've picked things up recently and should be the favorites at the top of these look at the Milwaukee Bucks they've been struggling the past few games but against a fully healthy Bucks team with Chris Middleton with Drew Holiday with Brooke Lopez manning the middle I would still have the Bucks favored in that matchup as well. I don't want to say that the Celtics and Bucks are a completely different tier from the, from the Nets at this point, but, but I just think as far as making it an actual pick, it really tough for me to see them realistically beating those teams four times in a playoff series. But as far as, but it's close. They are a good team. Do they need one more move? I don't I don't think so. In in my opinion, it's mainly my main concern is with health, where I just don't know if team is going to remain healthy throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs to make the finals. But if I'm proven wrong there, I think they have a chance against anybody. I don't view the Nets on a lower tier than the Celtics or, or the Bucks. I think they're on another tier from the Celtics, but as far as the Celtics and Bucks, I don't think they're on a different tier. As I'll go into a little bit later, the NBA in general is a lot more wide open where no team feels like they're a truly dominant team. And because of that, because of the players they have, as I mentioned before, with with Kyrie, with KD playing at this level, it's not it won't be surprising at all if this team is able to take it to another level and potentially win the championship. 
there's a chance. And speaking of teams that may not normally be seen as having an opportunity to win the championship, but because of the wide open nature does this year, and because of the health of their players this year, is the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are currently at second in the NBA Western Conference with a tie with a tie in their record with New Orleans Pelicans at 23 and 12. So both 23 and 12 Pelicans have Freiburger currently the one seed, but Nuggets are the two seed. And it's looking like what many projected with Jamal Murray coming back and Michael Porter Jr. coming back has come to fruition. Oh, and also adding valuable players like uh, KCP Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown has helped this team reach another level. The team is in second in the Western Conference and Jokic is, I mean, you gotta just laugh when it comes to Jokic. Jokic just continues to be dominant. Absolutely dominant. He's number one in box plus minus. He's second in e, in EPM as well. Yeah, that's a, a stat you can find on dunksandthrees.com. It's considered estimated plus minus, considered one of the all-in-one stats that does a good job of taking player performance. Anyway, he's second in that only to Luka Doncic. Jokic has continued just to play great basketball and the Nuggets have been on a roll because of it. I mean, they had they did have a hiccup against the Sacramento Kings, but even without even without Michael Porter Jr. in their most recent matchup against the Miami Heat, or sorry, not with not without Michael Porter Jr. But even in their most recent matchup with the Miami Heat, excuse me, they were they were able to win against a Heat team that has played really well lately. They've just been a really good team, and this is probably going to be as good a chance as any with an NBA that has more variance in not variance, the talent across the league is spread out enough with no dominant team, as I mentioned, where is it unrealistic to see the Denver Nuggets coming out of the West? Again, they're currently the two seed. What are their biggest threats? Golden State Warriors won the championship last year, haven't been that doing that, playing that well lately, of course, with Steph Curry being out. Of course, if the Warriors are fully healthy, it's going to be a dang thing. But even when the Warriors were healthy, they weren't quite looking as good as they did last year. Pelicans are currently the one seed, but again, they're still a young and unproven team, and it would have be accomplishment for the Pelicans to make it out of the West Conference. Phoenix Suns don't look like a great team this year, especially without Devin Booker. Chris Paul isn't as good or isn't as good a player as he he's been the past few seasons. The Memphis the Memphis Grizzlies, while really while really good, aren't on a different level than the Denver Nuggets and can be beaten as well. Los Angeles Clippers, we don't know how Kawhi Leonard is or Paul George honestly is going to hold up in the playoffs. Just like with the Nets, I 
I can't pick a team like the Clippers when they consistently have injury concerns. I just couldn't do it. I just feel like a lot of injury luck would have to go their way. The number, the number Nuggets have a good chance of any. If they don't win, if they don't get out of the West this year with the fully healthy team, it's it'll be tough because you could just see other teams continuing to get better around them and just lose the big chance of any. There's still some slight concerns I have with this team in a playoff setting because you'll even though Jokic is an average defender at worst, he's not a great defender and he's not a great rim protector. And what worries me is teams they're going up against being able to take advantage of that. When scoring is normally harder to come by in the playoffs, but you have someone that could be potentially a liability as far as rim protection and teams are able to get easier shots at the rim, it can make, it can make things incredibly tough in the playoffs. I have no question. I have no doubt that Jokic is going to get his. Jamal Murray has proven himself in the playoffs and it looks like he's coming back in the form. Aaron Gordon has been excellent this year. Michael Porter Jr. has shown a proven ability to put the ball in the basket, but I have slight concerns with this team in the playoffs. I think they're going to be good enough to get out the first round. We'll see if they're good enough to make it to the Western Conference Finals and ultimately Finals, but they have a good chance this year. Jokic is the front runner for the MVP race and what feels like a more open MVP race than normal, even with his dominant stats. So we'll see. But either way, it's going to be exciting in an NBA that just continues to be phenomenal this year. And as I mentioned, I just want to get more into how the NBA just feels like any team, excuse me, has a chance to win this year. It's one of those things where you're more accustomed to the NBA having one dominant team that even if their record says otherwise in playoffs, you have that team as a slight favorite. There's no, excuse me, there's no team that feels that way this year. Sorry, a little bit under the weather. There's no there's no truly dominant team. As I, as I mentioned, so the Celtics are number one in the East. The Pelicans are number one in the West as of this recording. That, well, as far as the West is concerned, that could easily change. We already mentioned, or I already mentioned the struggles with the Celtics early early on, and while they can be considered the favorite in the East, they're not completely dominant. I could see them losing against the Bucks. I can see them losing against the Nets. The 76ers are one of those teams I personally just don't believe in, because I will need to see it from Harden and Embiid for me to give them. It's one of those things where with the 76ers, Embiid has been good. He's been good in the playoffs, but they just haven't been able to make it as far with Doug Winter as head coach or or otherwise. The first, the first they were making it was when they had Jimmy Butler in 2019 and lost on last second shot in Game 7 to the Toronto Raptors. But they don't have a player like Jimmy Butler consistently steps up in the playoffs. James Harden, while I think he has been underrated for his playoff performances, still hasn't been the same. He still hasn't shown the ability to play up to the level of how he normally does during a regular season in the playoffs, which is why I have concerns with them. Speaking of Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, while they're good, they're currently at 500, and though they have an ability to pull off the upset because they are a tough, ready team that knows how to play defense, I just don't think they have enough talent to be that 
team at this point. Other teams, I'm not even sure, are really worth mentioning. New York Knicks, I mean, it's been a pretty good comeback story, but again, they're currently at 500, and while J- Jalen Brunson has been a valuable player for their team, I don't think they're on that. Atlanta Hawks, they lost their Nets. Again, that was without Trey, Trey Young, but they had Trey Young in their loss against the Lakers recently. I don't trust it. I don't. I just don't trust it. In the, in the in the East, the top four are likely going to be the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets, and 76ers. Those are the teams to really be concerned about. The Cavaliers. Actually, take, taking back, I'll, I'll put the Cavaliers on the same tier as uh, on a lower tier from the Nets, Bucks, and Celtics with the 76ers. Because even though they've come back to earth, they still played relatively well. Donovan Mitchell did really good for them in combo with Darius Gar- Garland. So those top five teams probably are true contenders out of the East, but it's it's wide open and it's one of those things where again I. Like I said, I don't believe in the 76ers as much, but talent-wise, it's not unrealistic for them to make it out of the Eastern Conference. Same thing with a team like the Cavaliers, even though I would put them in a lower tier than the Bucks, Celtics, or Nets. As far as the Western Conference, it's even more wide open than the East, because while the Pelicans are number one, the Nuggets are two, they have the same record. Pelicans, Zion Williamson has has played excellent, absolutely excellent. He's been one of the players, one of the players in a lot of players, it felt like this year, just been putting up great performances. I, one reason I think the NBA is just so there's so much parity in the league this year is it's not because the league's terrible with a lot of bad teams. I just think there are a lot of good teams with really talented players. You had Zion, Zion score, have that 43.9 ended up having 30 42 point night against the Minnesota Timberwolves and just had a 36 point night against the 76ers. He's just been absolutely dominant. Uh, Someone like Luca had had his game where the 60 point 20 rebound tennis game, which has never happened in the history of the NBA. Even Will Chamberlain hasn't done that. Jokic continues to put up phenomenal numbers. Embiid had play, has been playing well. Had a 59 point game. Someone like uh, Anthony Davis had a 55 point game. Booker scored 58 points. Devin Booker scored 58 points at one point. He's just how all around the league. And while the Pelicans and Nuggets are one and two respectively, I don't think they're on a different tier than the Mets Grizzlies. And in the in a playoff setting, I could see them moving to teams or like a Golden State Warriors team who is currently in play-in at this point. The Warriors are in the play-in, but if they're fully healthy and you have the Warriors against the Pelicans and Nuggets, I just trust that championship experience. I trust that Curry, Draymond Green would win those games. But I could also see the Warriors as good as those players are. I mean, they're ninth seed at this point. It's not even unrealistic to also see them lose 
those types of, of series as well. They're just a really talent. There's just a lot of talent in the league. With not the Los Angeles Clippers are currently in the number four seed. Gri- Grizzlies are are the are the number three seed. Grizzlies are a team that has a lot of talent. Even though Job Morant will probably, I don't know if he'll want to take back his comments that he's not worried about the West. They've had their struggles recently, where they they've lost. But even with that, they are the, the third seed, and it's not unrealistic to see them coming out of the West. With the Clippers, it's just about health, and if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, the team is dangerous. Regardless, the team the team is deep enough, dangerous with Tyron Lue as the head co- coach, who's shown to be good at making adjustments in the playoffs, especially when you give them an opportunity to play multiple games. It's hard to beat the board time. Dallas Mavericks, they're not great outside of Luka, but Luka is so good. I mean, he was good enough to make the Western Conference last year and pull off the upset against the Phoenix Suns. And it, it's completely unrealistic to see them doing that again this year. Phoenix Suns, as I mentioned before, they haven't been playing that well. They did have that upset loss against the Mavericks last year, but they've been struggling because their best player is unhealthy. And while Chris Paul is nowhere near as good as he has in the past couple years, it's an unrealistic team turning back the clock a bit, going into the playoffs, them maybe making a move by the trade deadline to trade Jay Crowder to another team for someone that can actually help them. Once Cam Johnson's back in the lineup, as well with that, have a healthy Devin Booker, the team's good. They made, they, made, they, they made the finals just a couple of seasons ago and were two games away from winning the championship. They're a dangerous team once fully healthy. The Western Conference, if you'll notice, I didn't even put in tiers because I'm just not sure what tier I put any team in. Where if there's a tier, if there are tiers, I probably put each of them in the tier two if I'm just comparing overall NBA tiers. But if I'm just looking at it by conference, I don't know if any team is completely in a different tier than the other one. Like for the Golden State Warriors, would you really put them as a third or fourth tier based on the fact that they have a, a record that's only good enough for them to be the ninth seed, but once fully healthy in the playoffs, are we really going to be counting them out? I'm not. I don't think anyone is. It's it's tough. There's parity. It's wide open. There have been phenomenal performances because of the talent spread out all around the league. It's an exciting NBA season and looking forward to more of it in the new year. Hope everyone has a great new, new year. Going to be recording more podcasts in the new year and looking forward to catching y'all again. Hope you guys have a great rest of your New Year's Eve. Thanks for listening to Awkwardly Cool. Take care.